Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Morgan Monday. You're going to be Morganized. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute with Glenn Morgan. He's with We the Governed, and that conversation will unfold after some inspiration. Our inspiration today talks about being ripe for God's restoration. The pictures coming from a friend's text stream were stunning. Photos of a surprise gift for his wife revealed a restored 1965 Ford Mustang, brilliant dark blue exterior, sparkling chrome rims, reupholstered black interior, and a motor to match the other upgrades. There were also before pictures of the same vehicle, a dull, worn, unimpressive yellow version. While it may be difficult to envision, it's likely that when the vehicle rolled off the assembly line, it was an eye-catcher. But time, wear, and tear, and other factors made it ripe for restoration. Ripe for restoration, such a condition of God's people in Psalm 80, and thus the repeated prayer, Restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us, that we may be saved. Though their history had included rescue from Egypt and being planted in a land of plenty, the good times had come and gone. Because of rebellion, they were experiencing the hand of God's judgment. Thus their plea, Return to us, God Almighty, look down from heaven and see. Do you ever feel dull, distant, or disconnected from God? Is joyful soul satisfaction missing? Is it because alignment with Jesus and his purposes are missing? God hears our prayers for restoration. What's keeping you from asking? Heavenly Father, we long for your restoration. Help us to see our need for it and to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey Amen. Well, like in the inspiration, I think that we do live in the land of plenty. We've got amazing natural resources here in Washington State. We produce so many things, food, uh, among others, that I think we could really just be a successful state in this land of plenty of, of Washington that we have. We do kind of look like that Mustang that was put out to pasture a few decades ago, and we need restoration. We've got a guy on the line that would like to see some of that restoration done and he actively works on that and his name is glenn morgan he's from we the governed and uh before we talk about how people get morganized glenn let's jump into this conversation about the turn-in you did here just a couple weeks back with initiative 2117 with let's go washington yeah, well, thank you so much, Tim, for having me, uh, you know, on the air. And uh, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to fix things in Washington. I love how you uh, mentioned about how we're in the state of plenty. And uh, Washington truly is blessed with a lot of natural resources from energy to agriculture to all kinds of resources. Uh, and uh, even though we do have politicians who squander it, it, uh, it doesn't change the fact that they're here. And uh, we just have to uh, get uh, probably a little bit better class of politician to be able to and uh, certainly get the bureaucrats out of our way to to maximize the potential in the state. Oh, we absolutely but, do. I mean, we've got we've got everything from the natural resources to build houses with timber, and we've got you know the the meat that we can put on our table out in the pasture. We've got the the fruit that's getting grown. We've got all of these things, but they're taxing our houses at incredible rates, and they're taking our food and eating our lunch. You know, with with all these 
things that they're doing with us. And, and of course, you can't afford to really ship the food because of this law that they put into place that Initiative 2117 looks to get rid of because the cost of everything in Washington is more expensive than everywhere else because of their climate change agenda. It is. And that's one of the things that uh, when I was talking to people who were gathering signatures and really this is the let's go Washington uh, effort. Uh, last year, they tried 11. This year, they tried they were tr- they're trying six. And it looks like they're going to be able to turn them all in this year. And they learned their some of their lessons from last year and how to be more efficient and effective this year. And but when you turn in three hundred twenty five thousand signatures or more, then that allows you to get this is an initiative to the legislature. So it means that you're able to actually get the the initiative in front of the legislature first, and they'll probably ignore it because if they didn't, they would have already passed this law or not passed it in this case. And well, then it's it goes an initiative to-, to overturn what the legislature just did to us, which is why you see that we're like the highest gas prices in the country almost because of this one law that's that's really hurting citizens in the state. And this gas tax doesn't go to pay for our infrastructure; it goes into this empty black hole of state government where they can decide what they're going to do with the money that might supposedly curb global warming. Yeah, well, what it really is, is it's just a slush fund and kickback schemes for the politically connected special interests that Inslee and the Democrats like in the state. I mean, that's really what it's all about, which is actually why when the Let's Go Washington folk uh, showed up at the Secretary of State's office on uh, November 21st to submit their first batch of signatures for this initiative. Remember, there's 325,000 they needed. They submitted 418,399, almost 85,000 more signatures than they than they needed when they turned them in. Wow. And one thing to note is that there were protesters. They had uh, the, they did an event up in Kent at a gas station. There were a couple of uh, paid protesters up there. And then the same two paid protesters showed up with their with a little bit more people down in Tumwater, where the actual submission of the uh, signature sheets were, were was done at the Secretary of State's office. And if you go to my YouTube channel, yeah, we the Govern, you can actually see videos I filmed uh, what it was like to submit the uh, boxes of signatures and just some of the people who spoke there and, you know, what it looks like now, because the secretary of state's actually moved their office to a different location now for this process. Uh, well, I can see why. Last time I was over in Olympia, the secretary of state's office, I believe the sign on Capitol Way Avenue was, uh, you know, I think it was spray painted with something like anti- anti-feet. What is it? Anti-feet. Anti-feet. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. Anti-fada. Yeah. Well, so yeah, and they, you know, so the funny thing is, I think they were having too much crime, and the the employees who worked there weren't safe, and so they moved that office over to Tumwater, which is much nicer and safer. So um, that's where we turned it in, and it was uh, I was there, and it was kind of neat to see everything going on. But of course, there were protesters, and the reason why they were protesting is because shutting off this initiative, you know, or basically this this t- carbon tax scam, shutting that off basically turns off the spigot of cash that's coming to them and their friends. And so they're, they're not happy about that. They're not happy uh, about it. Well, and and I just talked about this the other day on the air because this thing, I I don't know if this was like a scheme that was partially, you know, put together by Bankman Freed, if everybody remembers his name, the, the whole thing with the Bitcoin scam where they pretended there was all this value. And then in the end, there was no value in this money. This is a scam. Well, now Washington is looking at combining their carbon credit system with California and Quebec, Canada. Well, sure, because, you, you know, one of the things to remember about this, right, is that the problem with it, of course, is that it 
jacks up the price of fuel for everybody. And so it's essentially a tax, a hidden and concealed tax on every, on every, every gallon of gas, uh, plus your uh, propane, uh, natural gas, all that kind of stuff. All that also gets increased in, in cost. And so, and it sucked $1.5 billion out of the, the basically the taxpayer's pocket and then into this slush fund that uh, Inslee and his cronies are all kicking around. And odds are, and I'd lay money on this, one of the people, whoever it is that they're kicking the cash out to is probably where Inslee's hoping to work when he leaves the governor's when he leaves, Yeah, he'll be the head of that uh, nonprofit in a hurry as soon as he's uh, out of the governor's seat because where's the biggest patch of money going that hasn't been spent yet. And that's the thing. We don't know how this money is going to be spent. According to the Spokesman Review on November 16th, their newspaper said just in the one auction that recently occurred here, they raised $260 million and lawmakers had budgeted into this last year's budget, you know, that they passed a $2 billion anticipation of revenue coming from industries that service Washington citizens. So your food, uh, anything you do to develop land, uh, anything that requires fuel, your retail clothing that's shipped, you know, everything that moves basically is taxed. Yeah. And I mean, of course, that's that's always the goal. And the goal is to take money from you and I and the regular people and then put in the pockets of your friends so you can get your friends to kick cash into your next political campaign. And that's really the entire calculation here but it's gotten um, worse like you said because now they're creating these entities that somehow get the funds rolled into them or into yeah the you gotta i mean here's the thing you gotta launder money somehow and yeah. uh so that's the best way to do it is set up nonprofits or other organizations and then you feed the money through that and keep in mind this is essentially very similar to the program that they tried to uh, back in uh, 2018 and in fact I actually filed a ballot title challenge back then. It was called uh, I-1631, so it was an initiative. And I filed the ballot title challenge and delayed it by quite a few weeks at the time. Um, I couldn't get the title changed, but uh, to represent that it was a, it was a tax, that was my uh, challenge to the title. And so I argued again with the AG's office and uh, went to court, and I wasn't able to succeed back in 2018 on that one. Well, it did go to the ballot, and then it got destroyed. The voters of Washington rejected it. And so um, and that's the second time they rejected it. And so now, you know, you saw eventually Inslee had enough, you know, was able to um, get enough of his cronies in the two houses uh, in the House and the Senate to go along with this new scheme. And uh, the voters, I don't think people are happy. It was one of the easiest things, according to all the signature gatherers I talked to that were out there and volunteers that were working on this. It was the easy, it was the easiest thing to collect signatures on. Of course, most people who sign one of the initiatives usually sign all all six of them. But it was the one thing that people would always immediately go and sign first, and they would go and they'd sign the rest of them. And so that's been turned in now, and essentially. So you said, how many you know, signatures do they are they required to have? It was three hundred and sixty thousand. It's just it's just under three hundred twenty five thousand. Okay, so, so just under three hundred twenty five. So that's a requirement, yeah. but they turned in four hundred and eighteen thousand. Correct. Yeah, and but we need a buffer. We need a buffer. So yeah, you always need a buffer. Yeah, and and folks out there that still have these, I want to make sure I get this information out. Let's go. Washington was the organization, the group that came together on this. Uh, packet of six initiatives. So if you still have a packet in hand, you got to get these things turned into Let's Go Washington by December 18th. And so in that packet is also 
I-2117. Just because they did a turn-in of these signatures they have so far doesn't mean that you shouldn't turn in the rest because you have citizens, uh, family members, friends, whoever that signed these things. you got to get those things turned in, sent off to Let's Go Washington so that they can be counted because a lot of times they'll throw out whole signature sheets just because there was one error. No, they, they can't throw They can't do that. But what oh, they don't do that is, anymore. The, they can't do that. They can throw out the individual signature if there's a problem with it. Essentially, okay. there's three ways in the state law that they can reject a signature. Number one, you're not a registered voter. Uh, number two, it's a duplicate you've already signed. Oh, and number three obviously. is that your signature. Yeah, your signature doesn't match the uh, signature on file for you. Oh, and that's like the only thing. It. Yeah, and that's the only thing that you can't um, validate ahead of time. And when I talked to Let's Go Washington people, one of the things they learned last year is they actually scan every single sheet and run it across reference with the uh, voter database. So they know that they have enough signatures by far, quite a bit more than they need. Okay. And they know they know the duplicates uh, and have already removed the duplicates from their count. But they can't, they don't know, you know, what you have to do now is just make sure that your signature matching, you know, process is, is about right. So I've we still need to get those all turned in, right? Yeah. If you yeah got an so the more, the, there's no such in. thing as too many. Yeah. There's no such thing as too many. And so if anybody hearing this, you know, you still have signature sheets and uh, it's before the end of December, make sure you get those in right away to let's go Washington. You know, you're in the probably Spokane area. So uh, find one of the uh, drop off locations that might be in your area and make sure you get it to them. Um, I would anticipate that they are because they're still collecting signatures all the way till the end of December, although they're going to be submitting each of these initiatives at different dates, I think, through the month of December from what they've said. So each one gets its own press release and story as they submit each one. Right. And, and so there's you know, six of them, and, but they have yeah. to be all turned in. The The cutoff date is what, December 28th or something like December that? December 28th, yeah. But, so that's the last date. But but they the, they're saying they want their signature packets sooner as soon as you have them because they still again imagine processing and scanning thousands of sheets yeah um, yeah so they've got to they, get this done so you got to get those things in again look them up it's let's go washington they need to get these by december 18th if you have ones that are full or you're done gathering signatures and and uh, you need to get them sent in let's go washington for December 18th, if you can. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Glenn Morgan. We're going to talk about some of the things going on in Washington as well as how you get Morganized. Don't go anywhere. I'm dreaming of a wise Christmas. You know, whether we have a lot of snow or not, Right Spokane Perspective wants to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas with these words that Shannon has for you. What is Christmas? It is tenderness for the past, courage for the present, hope for the future. It is a wish that every cup may overflow with blessings rich and eternal, and that every path may lead to peace. Agnes Paro. Thanks again from Right Spokane Perspective, and thank you listeners who have supported us to keep us on the air by going to rightspokaneperspective.com and donating or by sending those donations to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207. Have a Merry Christmas.
And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. Again, we are on with Glenn Morgan, We the Governed. Check out his YouTube site. We talked about that in the show earlier about the events that unfold. And he's got all those documented there on uh, We the Governed on YouTube. Welcome back, Glenn, to the show. So uh, what else do you see happening here in the wonderful, resource-rich Washington that's overtaxed? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, one of the things I would just note is, uh, Tim, and it's so good to be chatting with you here on the show. This initiative a project is something worth paying attention to because, you know, the Let's Go Washington people really did figure out how to do it and get it done in a much more efficient and effective way than any conservative group in Washington state history has ever done. You know, and this is something to note. I mean, they've collected, well, what is it, 2.3 million signatures so far? And for all told, right, it's the largest conservative signature gathering effort in the history of the country, as far as I can tell. And and it was done, you know, pretty efficiently. I mean, I, it's one of the more effective ones I've ever seen. Now, Brian Haywood's the primary sponsor in funding it, but a lot of these initiatives that are going to be on the ballot, they're pretty significant, you know, they're, and the reason why you see the left in complete meltdown mode right now, and they are, I mean, if you read the Seattle Times or the Observer or the, uh, uh, any of these cross-cut, any of these articles, the left is in complete panic meltdown mode over this right now because they didn't think that it could happen. And now that they're having to face the fact that in November of 2024, there's going to be six initiatives that are very popular with Washingtonians, uh, the carbon tax we talked about already. But think of some of the other five that are going to be coming up. Repeal the capital gains tax, no income tax, let the police chase criminals, give parents transparency over what's happening with their kids at school or in the hospital, and the repeal of this uh, long-term care scam tax that is being taken out of everybody's paycheck right now. Oh, for these are bus. definitely kitchen table issues, protecting the children, public safety, you know, law yeah. enforcement being able to chase that criminal that just walked off with your belongings, you know, after some property crime. And right now they're, the police are handcuffed and people are sick of seeing the, the rise in crime and they want their, their kids protected. Uh, right. So it, it's obviously these are, how are you going to campaign against these things when they're on the ballot? And that's why it seems lawmakers hate this initiative process we have in Washington because they can be overturned by the citizenry just in one election cycle by citizens being engaged in these uh, initiative signature gathering efforts. And then the lawmakers kind of has a little less power and they don't like that. Well, and they, what it does do is it serves as a safety valve if the lawmakers are refusing to listen to the people. I mean, if you go back and you look at Washington state history, the initiative process was added to the US state constitution in 1912. And it had been debated almost 15 years before it finally became a, an amendment to the Washington state constitution. And the primary reason, if you read what activists wrote about it back then, so over 100 years ago in our state, they said, listen, we can't trust the legislature not to be captured by special interests. Sometimes they are. Mm -hmm. And we want the ability to get our own laws through the process when we feel like our governor and our legislature isn't going to listen to us. And that's why Washington State was one of the first states in America. It wasn't the first, but it was one of them to put the initiative process on the ballot or in the state constitution. And therefore, that's why you see these initiatives. Now, listen, initiatives... The process uh, isn't always perfect. You're going to have bad ideas get thrown out there as initiatives, and there's no guarantees that people are going to vote for them but, and approve them. But usually, if you've run a pretty good campaign and you pick issues that are pretty popular, which all these are, 
now the, the left faces in the state is the fact that they're going to have to spend 30, 40 million dollars trying to run campaigns in opposition to these initiatives. And uh, that's money that they would probably want to keep in their pockets or spend with their, you know, grant grifting friends. Well, we're definitely so, going to see that effort coming out of this carbon tax. You know, we're going to I mean, we're going to see the like the Thornburg type campaign screaming at the sky that we're all going to you know, die from climate change if we allow oh, yeah. this initiative to pass because there's too much money in it, billions and billions of dollars. Oh, there's just, I mean, there's, you'll see Nick Hanauer, you know, the billionaire out of north of Seattle. You'll see Fuse Washington, which he funds. You'll see Indivisible, you know, you'll see all these crazy leftist groups just gnashing their teeth and throwing a fit over each of these initiatives. Now, the problem, problem is, of course, they have to really, they, they don't like any of them. But most people are going to like these. And, you know, when I saw early polling on this, which is so funny, by the way, the they the left has tried to do their own polls, which saying that these are not popular at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's just like I, I love that. And I hopefully that's what they think. But the reality is that the history of Washington state voters when it comes to tax, especially tax initiatives when when it comes to repealing tax increases or getting rid of tax increases washington voters are pretty supportive of that process oh yeah well we're already a pretty high tax state and they keep you know we've got this next election cycle where all the local governments now that their elections are over they're going to raise taxes everywhere where they're i mean seeing it here in spokane it's you know school levies school bonds parks libraries i mean i start looking i'm like Anything that they could do to raise taxes on, there's proposals on the table to raise taxes on. And oh, yeah. so people are, are, are really, I think, going to be pulling back, especially with the kind of economy that we're looking at and the cost of living, the cost of housing. Uh, you know, that's why the voters, when we had a chance to uh, opine on taxes that got increased, most of the time Washington voters said they didn't like the taxes the legislature put into place. And Washingtonians said, you can only raise our property tax 1% a year. Those were initiatives that limited the government's ability to raise our taxes. It is. And, you know, it's funny. If you look back in the beginning of Washington State, some of the first initiatives that were run, uh, many of those back in the uh, 20s and the 30s actually were a repeal or uh, redu reducing various taxes. They were pulling taxes and property taxes. And they were very unpopular. And so Washingtonians, of course, the, the, the politicians never cut the taxes. So citizens would get involved and work to cut taxes. One of them, this is a familiar story to those of us who supported $30 car tabs. They actually, they being the citizens of Washington, three times in a row over a 10-year period, passed an initiative three times to reduce taxes, and it was, it was related to property taxes. And so finally, the legislature actually uh, recognized that they were going to have to do something about it because they were trying to ignore it or find workarounds. And finally, that's actually what required the 60% approval for bonds the, uh, that you have now in the state constitution came out of that initiative process back then where the, the legislature was getting tired of having to deal with it. And they finally decided, let's just make it harder to raise taxes via uh, for capital projects. And so that's why they created the 60% threshold that's actually left over from a citizen's effort almost 100 years ago. So because citizens want responsible government. They don't want corruption. We don't want our money just thrown around. And even though these efforts have been done in the past, we have to continually do these efforts because it's obvious that people in the state are not responsible with our tax dollars. The only way to force them to be responsible is to take some of that money away.
Yeah, the political class can't be trusted at all. And the bureaucrats, then the grant grifting operations that they support are clearly uh, part of the problem, right? That's where their corruption begins. And it doesn't end there. It just keeps going. And you have to find ways to reduce how much money they're getting because all they're doing with that extra money is either kicking it to their friends so they can get campaign contributions down the road or using it to hurt us in some other way. That's right. Well, funding their own efforts to... Yeah, and that's just been one of those problems that, you know, we have to face uh, the reality part of it's a human nature thing. And we're in this wave of particularly big government folk. And, you know, big government doesn't shrink itself. It always finds some excuse or justification to bloat its future. And they're going to use any excuse that they can possibly find. Yeah. And so, you know, the citizens don't appreciate that. And it's, you know, it's born itself out time and time again. It will again in the future. Well, most- I would pre- most citizens don't appreciate it, but there's some citizens that do, and they're typically the citizens that heavily fund campaigns and candidates. And we were just talking about that on the show the other day where, you know, you've got the far left saying, oh, these evil corporations, you know, the Bernie Sanders types, ah, you got to tax the millionaires and the billionaires. And, you know, the funny thing is is that the millionaires and the billionaires are the ones that are funding their campaigns too. There was a recent article locally here that uh, talking about where these politicians are getting their money and they're getting them from the same types of people and they're all millionaires and billionaires from both sides well, of the political aisle. Yeah, I mean, because it is logical, right? That's who's going to generally give you money and nobody would really care except that what happens is once the influence is on those the political class, the inevitable result of legislation or policies or tax policies is to benefit some people at the expense of others. Or they create government institutions more, so that yeah. their political friends, as well as themselves, have an entity to go work for when they leave public office. So, so they create another taxing district or they create a nonprofit that instantly has contracts with the government or you know, they create uh, institutional money laundering, if you will, so that they can be a nonprofit that lobbies the legislature for whatever their cause is, where they put the funding while they were in elected office. I've seen tons of that go on. Oh, yeah. And it happens all the time. I mean, the grant grifting operations around the Holmes Industrial Complex is a pretty good example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just one where they funnel money back and forth and it just gets squandered. They don't. I mean, the more money you give them, the worse the problem gets. And that, I think, is one of the reasons why there's such motivation in uh, and, and there was it was so easy to collect the signatures really on these initiatives. My guess is that there's going to be this is going to be a pretty big topic going into the legislature. The legislature, of course, because it's controlled by Democrats in both houses, they're going to ignore it as they usually do. Or they'll uh, if it does come to the floor, they'll vote against it. The only one that I could kind of see him maybe uh, voting for would be the police pursuit bill. You know, it's they know how angry people are about uh, the crime problem. I don't think it's going to get better. And uh, it came very close. The language here being used in this initiative was debated on the House floor, and they weren't too far off of it if, you know, if the the couple of the Democrat holdouts hadn't been so, you know, resistant to it. So the there is actually probably a decent number of Democrats that would vote for that one if it comes to the floor. Yeah, but the there's reason, not going to be know. enough. It's it's going to go to the voters. We're going to be able to vote on it. And interestingly enough, it's going to be on the ballot with the same representatives that put these horrible laws into place, the ones that voted Absolutely. for it. So they're going to have to campaign with their bad policies on the ballot with them. So they really don't like that. So again, folks, let's go Washington, get those initiatives turned in. Deadline is December 28th. 
28th, but they'd like to have them earlier if yours are filled out December 18th. So let's go Washington, contact them, get them turned in. Glenn, in the last two minutes here, I know that uh, We the Governed has that YouTube page and you talk about on some of the things on there if people go back and look at past videos. But what is being Morganized? Well, I mean, people say being more organized, but a lot of it's just activism training where I'm helping people become more effective activists and citizen journalists where they live. And it's important to focus on your local community. I do training all over the state. I come and help activists in Washington, wherever they are, and uh, help them basically become more effective, use their resources more efficiently, uh, learn how to use the Public Records Act or um, how to produce videos. Wasn't that a citizen's initiative as well as the Public Disclosure Commission? It was, yeah. The Public Disclosure Commission, the Open Public Meetings Act, and the Public Records Act all came out of a 1972 initiative. The citizens said, we want to know what our government's doing with our time and our money and the resources we give them. And so you have a way to look into these things. So you're training people on looking at the Public Disclosure Commission, how they can see that groups and politicians are laundering their money and uh, how they gain power with that money, right? Yeah, and how you know how to file uh, complaints against them for those who are breaking the law, which I've done hundreds and hundreds of times. You can see on my website at wethegovern.com, you can actually see a list. I keep a running tally of all the politicians that I've gotten in trouble and judges and PACs and, and political groups over the last few years, and it's easy to track, and I provide all sorts of documents there. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Glenn. Again, it's Glenn Morgan. He's got wethegovern.com. He's got the YouTubes that you guys can check out. We, as citizens, have to be vigilant. We've got to stay on top of what our government is doing. Otherwise, they're going to do more of it to us. Thanks for being with us today. We will be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.